Welcome to the Process Podcast. From new agent to broker owner. My name is Travis McClure. This is my co-host, Preston Guyton. Welcome to the Process Podcast. This is Travis McClure and my co-host, Preston Guyton. Preston, how you doing today, sir? Good, man. Can't complain. Got, got back in town. You're back from Atlanta. Atlanta. Tell us about what you were doing out there in Atlanta. Yeah, so we went uh, Monday, and it was actually I went there Saturday. Um, Saturday for Sales Mastery with Agent um, Academy, Bill Pipes, John Chaplack, Dan Beer. So we got there on Saturday, and then we had a mastermind with some of the elite team leaders that brought at least 10 agents with them. On Sunday, there was about 40 of us in that, and then uh, Monday through Wednesday was Sales Mastery. So Sunday was a mastermind for what broker owners and team leaders. Yeah, broker owners, team leaders. There was actually some of the team leaders that didn't come. They sent at least ten people, so they had like their. It was pretty cool. They had like their ISA manager in there, so it was, um, you know, for them, it's it's a, it's interesting seeing you know teams send like the ISA manager, which is really cool. Though I thought, hey, that would be, you know, if I had a, had an ISA team that I wanted to send, it would definitely be an event for them to go to. Yeah, I can agree more. I think the rooms I learned the most from are the diverse crowds versus just a bunch of people that do what I do or a bunch of people that are for you, like the other company owners. Think about that room. You, you had takeaways from boots on the ground people, right? Yeah, I mean, for, for sure. And, you know, I was on a panel the second day and that was something I talked about is, you know, we brought, why do we bring so many agents? And it's, you know, we can we could come, we could go to those events and then come back and try to do what pipes does and we can't do it, you know, so it's, it's good for them to be in the room and that way they get firsthand knowledge and firsthand information uh, to, you know, from pipes and from Cheplack and from Dan Beer. Yeah. So from Palms Realty, we sent what, 19, 20 agents? It was 19. 19 agents out there to Atlanta. Um, and they have all come back with a ton of energy around prospecting, which is cool to see. Um, what would you say the theme, I know you've gone to those events before, like the overarching theme or the big takeaway for you for an agent who, who went to that, uh, training in Atlanta, what do you think the theme was? I mean, really getting back to the basics and prospecting and, you know, if you want to survive in this market as it changes and continues to change, you need to prospect and you need to make that, you know, priority number one. Yeah you know, to, to call clients, past clients, you know, new leads coming in, you know, the day of just, you know, people reaching out to you to look at one house and put an offer. I mean, those, those are happening very, very, not very often. So, I mean, you know, the one thing is, is, you know, for that, and obviously there was a, there were so many different takeaways though, just to say that, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. around building a schedule you could follow every day. Uh, an uh, agent told me that that yeah. was his number one takeaway was it, he used the word intentional. It's being intentional about your day. Yeah. I mean, you know, build a schedule that, that is consistent, um, you know, and then you, you could have a business, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think for every, I mean, there were so many different takeaways, um, you know, so many different things that, that an individual agent could have taken away from that. I think I saw they're doing another one of those events in January. Yeah. Fort Lauderdale. I think the January 9th to the 12th. That sounds cool and definitely a great area to go in january yeah see, yeah, i was <laughs> thinking about that the person that lives in new york or canada it's a good time to go to fort lauderdale um and we'll get so while you guys were gone 
uh, we actually still did our same weekly sales meeting we do every single week. And we decided, uh, me and some of the other leadership that was here, we decided to do a mastermind event. We felt like with a smaller group than we're used to in our sales meetings, right? Because 20 people from our company were gone. Um, it was a good thing to do. And, and to me, people are more prone to share in a smaller crowd. Um, and I, I want to get into that in a second, but I got to ask you a question. So post-marathon, I haven't talked to you a whole lot because we've been uh, focused on a ton of other stuff. How's your running been going? It's been, uh, I've started back, you know, I took, uh, it wasn't that great for about a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I ran, I'll probably since the half marathon, which was two weeks ago now, I'll probably mm -hmm. run 15 miles. Um, but I, you know, started back today. So I, uh, I'm through the lazy phase, but, um, it's going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to run probably 20 miles this week. Good. Yeah. I mean, you want to taper. So like what, uh, a lot of race prep, you taper down before the race, right? You run less before the race. You kind of want to do the same thing after the race, like taper back up. So that's actually not a bad thing. Yeah. So I, uh, worked out today, tomorrow I'll run. I'll probably run in lift on Wednesday. Um, but I'm going to probably run 12 miles this weekend. Good. Not at once. You know, I'll probably run six, six miles, you know, six miles Saturday and Sunday. I get excited. I go to drill next weekend, uh, down in Mount Pleasant. My, uh, national guard unit is down there and we drill out of there. Uh, typically one of those days I get to run the Cooper river. If so, if you know the Charleston area, it's the, the big bridge that goes from Mount Pleasant into Charleston. Yeah. There's a running path along there. I, I look forward to that run. Yeah. I signed up for a half marathon in middle of January in uh, Charleston. So if I'm in town, you know, if something doesn't come up for work or whatever, I'm going to go down there and run it. I'm just hoping it's not 30 degrees. Is that, does that, does the half marathon incorporate the bridge? No, it does not. Okay. Yeah. It's through downtown. Okay. Yeah. So it's through downtown. I'm not sure exactly where it goes, but it's through downtown. I think it ends at like the point of, you know, the battery section of uh, Charleston. That should be cool. Very good run. Um, one of the things you've actually got me going on, uh, I was always a runner, but now one of the things I look forward to when I run is, uh, my audiobook intake. Yeah. Um, and I always wonder, I always just like to know what people are reading or listening to. What What are you reading right now? Uh, still in, um, still Jim quick his book. Um, I just had a limitless, just had a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> but limitless and then russell brunson um started one of his books as well because i got to a point in limitless where it was asking you to stop and read the speed reading part of it mm -hmm. so it asked you like to sit down and read and figure out how many words you could read in a minute so obviously yeah. when you're running down the street that doesn't work out too well i have that happen though i'll be listening to an audiobook and it's like i get Actually, like I'm getting a lot from the book where it's like, I need to go buy the book. Yeah. Yeah. So the book I'm running, reading now, Russell Brunson's uh, Expert Secrets, um, is a really good one. <clears throat> it's about a online, a online attraction and, and you know, things like that. So it's, uh, it's right in my wheelhouse of sorts, what, you know, what I do on a daily basis. Uh, started reading that one. Uh, Sunit actually recommended that book to me. So started that. I think I got an hour left on it. And then I'm actually going to go and there's a workbook with that. So I'm going to sit down and read the book and actually do the workbook as well, because there's a lot of things in there that you actually have to take into action. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like listening to, um, you know, endure or something like that, where there's nothing that you have to do from the book, you right. know, sit down and write anything down. Um, 
but uh, it's uh, it's a good one as well. So I'm going to try to find the next one I need to go back to, you know, something where I don't, it doesn't ask me to do sit down <laughs> and write anything down or, or figure out anything. So I'm going to try to figure out, some, you know, a good one. I'll just ask you. I, I actually look forward on December 6th, David Goggins has a, I feel like we have to announce this because we've yeah. talked about his book uh, quite a bit, his original book um, called Can't Hurt Me. David Goggins has a new book coming out December 6th. What is it called? It's called Never Finished. And I purposely haven't researched to know what he's written about because I'm looking forward to the book. I uh, love David Goggins' first book, very inspirational. Um, he, I did watch an Instagram video where he was talking about the book. He has proclaimed is the best audible book ever. He says it's going to be the best audible book ever. I wonder if it's the same format as his. That's from what I understand. And maybe he didn't use ever. Maybe he yeah. said bad, better than his other book. But um, yeah, where he, if you've, if you've ever listened to Can't Hurt Me, um, in between the chapters of the audiobook, it's almost like a podcast where there's a guy interviewing him about the previous chapters. So it's a similar format from what I understand. Yeah, which was pretty interesting because he doesn't read his own book. You know, he has somebody else is yeah. reading it. And then the person that's reading the book, is it the person that's reading the book or no? It's the author, I think, right? Or somebody that helped him. I think, write. yeah, I think it was just somebody like uh, somebody who's helping him kind of broadcast it. Yeah. Yeah. So they uh, they would break and yeah, it was like a podcast between every every chapter. And that's why it was like, what, 16 hours or yeah. 14 hours? All right, Preston. So what I want to jump into today is talking about our agent mastermind. Um, we did, well big portion of our company was in Atlanta. Um, and we do this typically once a month or so. We do it as part of our sales meeting, built into the sales meeting. We kind of throw, uh, I call them some softball type questions out there for our agents. Um, and really for them to just kind of discuss, you know, what's your biggest challenge in the market right now, right? And we create some dialogue around that. And then I always like to shift gears into, you know, what's going well or what's working for you in the market right now. And, and I thought it was interesting. We spent actually more time on that than what challenges you're having. Because the challenges really haven't changed over the past couple of months, right? Yeah. Like it's kind of been the same challenge of, well, people are waiting for the market to crash or, uh, you know, I got to talk to more people to create this or do that. And we kind of went through the challenges pretty quickly, Preston, and got right into, um, well, what's going well? And right away, an agent's hand shot up. And I loved it because it's not the first time I've heard this. I've heard this from multiple agents in the past couple of weeks. He said, well, all of a sudden for sale by owner and ex calling expired listings. Yeah. It's gone really well for me. I'm getting a lot of great conversations and starting to even convert some of those. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be more expires. There's going to be more for sale by owners. So, I mean, that was the, that was the limitation, you know, six, 12, 18 months ago was yes. there was no for sale by owners and there was no expires. <clears throat> you know, so now as the market's changing and people are pricing things where, they would have sold six months ago, eight months ago, 10 months ago. They're not selling now. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. We had some dialogue about, um, and I've always been a huge fan of circle prospecting, you know, calling neighborhoods of just listed, just sold saying, Hey, we just sold a house in your neighborhood. That's kind of slowed down quite a bit in this market, which you would expect it to. Like a lot of people are hesitant to sell because of they got that two and a half percent interest rate or whatever. Um, so now like for sale by owners where, you know, six months ago, a year ago, they didn't really have a problem selling their house. And now you think about it, now it's starting to sit there a little bit. And the longer that home sits on the market, the less confident they get that they can do it themselves, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, 
you know, and, and they don't, a lot of times they're headstrong and they won't reduce the price. And all of a sudden it's, it takes it expiring. And then they're like, oh gosh, I need to sell this or, I, you know, I have other things I'm doing, took mm -hmm. a job or whatever it is. And then the next agent comes in, talks them to the price, probably the original agent talked to them about reducing it to or whatever, and they end up listing it and selling it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're going to see more and more of that. You know, you're starting to, I, I follow like Google search trends and you're starting to see a lot of people searching, sell my house fast and things like that, which mm -hmm. was not something they were Googling, you know, 12 months ago. <laughs> they didn't have to. <laughs> so now they're, you're starting to see them Google those type of search terms. And that shows you where the, you know, where the market's headed. Yeah. Another what's working or what's going well that came up. Uh, we have a handful of agents that, focus pretty heavily on investors, mm -hmm. both buying and selling properties. And that's uh, still a market that's not slowed down as much as the residential home buyer, which I thought was pretty interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's funny. Like one of the big takeaways I had from Atlanta was Pipes did this exercise where you walk through and, and you talk about how many contacts you brought in over the year. Um, you know, they base it on basically how much commission you lost, right? So mm -hmm. based on a, you know, uh, a rolling average of percentages and everything else. So I got to the end of that equation and it was pretty ugly. Like what I could have or should have closed based on like historical averages on conversion rate. Right. So what I did was I left on Monday and I went in, I was like, you know what? I'm freaking scrapping this whole conversion thing we got going on. So I went and dug in and, basically rebuilt our ISA team and the structure of that. So this past weekend, I was um, I was answering ISA texts. So I, I was the ISA this weekend. I probably sent I don't know, 350 texts back to clients that were responding. One thing I did notice, so I handed off two leads and they were both investors. And yeah. They're both um, investors looking to buy now. And, and one of them was buying multiple properties. Um, she owns a bunch of properties and around the ski resort. And she's like, hey, I want to take advantage of, you know, seeing prices coming down. And and I mean, not drastically, but, you know, from where they were six or eight months ago. Um, so I definitely see that. I definitely a lot of and not at hand. I spoke to a lot more that were investors looking, but they were mm -hmm. not ready to to buy yet. So I didn't hand them off. But the two that I handed off were both investors. Yeah. Yep. And that's a sentiment from the agents in the room is reach back out to those people in your database. I always use the tag investor, yeah. right? If you have a property that makes sense or or would be a fix and flip or something like that, um, they're less concerned with the interest rates because they look at the whole equation, right? Versus like, oh, what's the ROI uh, of the property? You know, I could always refinance or whatever, right? So they, they're looking at uh, a lot of times a bigger picture than just the interest rate or just the price. So um, don't you know. get doom and gloom. You just got to look to other people in your in your database. Yeah. And, and, you know, the one is, it, you know, the one investor, she's cash. So she's like, yeah, you know, I could stick it in the bank and maybe get 2% interest now um, or, you know, buy now. And, and the, the income is still there. I mean, people are still traveling. I saw some headlines over the weekend about how this is one of the biggest ever like vacation holidays, like vacation, you know, properties that are on rental programs are filling up for like Thanksgiving and Christmas and all these different holidays. So, right. you know, people are still moving around and traveling and, and, and I don't see that changing. Yeah. Um, the other thought I want to, I want to ask you about one thing too, because you said something really interesting. 
Um, I want to go back a little bit. You said you were the ISA this past weekend. And I love that about you for this reason of you're not, that's not something you do full time, right? That's not, we have people who work in our easy home search company that do that, right? They're part of that process, but you will go back and do that to break, to see where, okay, what's, what's the flaw in the system that could be improved, right? Yeah. I mean, I did that this, you know, I started that last week, like uh, Tuesday night. And then, uh, so I had zoom calls. I wasn't in sales mastery the whole time because I'm still doing chef like digital zoom calls, um, you know, on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I was between calls, I would hop on and I was, you know, just testing the different systems and the um, you know, different responses to kind of see, you know, part of it is with an ISA or anybody prospecting, you know, a lot of times, you know, people don't meet the people where they're at. Like if somebody's emailing, you don't just pick up and call, you right. know what I mean? You email them back. Um, if somebody's texting you, you don't pick up and call them, you text back. So, you know, a big part of like prospecting and especially on the ISA side, you got to meet the clients where they're at. So, you know, I don't know, probably last week I sent 500 text messages, you know, through our CRM, we use uh, call action now. And that was something I just launched call action. So I was testing that out and, um, seeing how it was working that. And that's what I did this weekend as well. I, you know, cause it, I would go in there and there's 40 tasks to respond. So I'm not, wasn't going to let there and sit them and, you know, let them sit until Monday. Right. Cause I don't have any of the ISAs on that yet. So, you know, for me, I want to make sure it works and then I want to test it out and see what the results are. And then me doing that, I could know what to expect. And then when I go to the ISA and say, Hey, this is the expectation I have because I tested it for seven days, 14 days. Yeah. I love that. Um, all right. So the, the third thing that was brought up in our mastermind, um, there was a, a couple others, but these are the top three that, uh, was working well. And I thought it was pretty interesting was, uh, going back to the database and talking to buyers moving from the Northeast or North or States where the price points are higher than where we live. So if we might have some audience members where this doesn't, you know, make sense, but for us, we're a, second home, a transplant market, or our housing price tends to be less money than the people who move here, right? Um, and right away, there was a lot of dialogue where like, well, easy home search, that's the type of buyer that's focused on, right? In terms of lead generation, not always, but I mean, it's a lot of it. Um, so there's a lot of dialogue about people who have homes that they've built a lot of equity in, Northeast especially. Um, break that down a little bit, Preston. Why is that still going well? Yeah, I mean, really, a lot of them, you know, have always wanted a property down here or, you know, they're, you know, they have that equity. And a lot of them, I feel like are, okay, well, you know, let's take this equity out before that equity goes away. Right. You know, so let's take this equity out and buy something else. And then they have that other property, you know, maybe they've always wanted to be down here or, you know, and, and the amount of searches we see has not really slowed. I mean, seasonally, no. it slowed down because you know, the time of the year, like seasonality comes in as far as search online traffic, you start seeing it slow down around October and it gets to a low on Christmas day. And then it picks back up after that. Um, but you know, we, we, uh, at easy home search, we haven't seen a whole lot of dip in traffic. Um, you know, and, and I've done, so part of what we do as well in the ISA, we started a revive campaign, which is something through call action. And what we did was we took, so the search we do, and, and anybody that has a CRM that does this, this is a good thing to do, is you go to your clients or you go to your database that you have. We have over 70,000 people in our database now, but even if you have 2,000, 
go in and, and set your filters up to create the lead was created over 30 days ago. They have not been contacted in 30 days, over 30 days. And they've been active on your website over the last three days. Mm -hmm. So not contacted in 30 days, created over 30 days ago, and they have been active in the last three days. And that's gold. Like those. Yeah. So I did that and it was 680 people. Yeah. <laughs> 680 people. So <laughs> we sent this revive campaign to just to exactly what it is. Revive, you know, as leads are slowing down somewhat now for us because the time of the year, I mean, we're still generating over 120 leads a day, but right. it's not the 200 it was six months ago. Um, you know, so we're starting to, we're starting to do that. And that's to tap into that database of, you know, the people that might've slipped through the cracks, but they're still very active. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely a huge call out as well. Like pay attention to your, dig into your database, pay attention to things like that, that can help you filter who to call. Right. But I think I left that mastermind with our agents the other day and I started like thinking about these three points and it's like the agents who said, Hey, this is working. If, if you are calling the same people over and over again and getting the same result, right? Like if you're just calling your sphere and everybody's good with their interest rate and they don't want to move, or you're just calling just listed, just sold because that's what you did for the last five years and had a lot of success. And that's what you're comfortable doing. And now you're not getting that same result. The agents that called out, Hey, this is what's working. They shifted gears. They didn't stop having conversations. They just kind of changed who they were talking to, right? Like now it's for sale by owners and expires. Now it's, Hey, let me reach out to my investor database and lean on that. Let me look at a prospecting source that focuses on people who are moving here with a bunch of equity in their home, right? Like easy home search. It's you got to find those different routes to have the, the conversations with different people because the markets change. So there's different people taking action than the people that were taking action a year ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, just like with me jumping in as an ISA for, you know, because I did an exercise with pipes and the first thing I thought about was, you know, those millions of dollars of commission that might've slipped through the cracks. Mm -hmm. How would that have changed our agent's lives? So I jumped in and, you know, scrapped it and started over. And, and that's what you got to do. I mean, in business, you know, what's working, especially in this business, what's working six months ago, a year ago, yeah. isn't always the case. You know, the conversations yeah. have to change the, you know, the news they're looking at changes. So they're, you know, the ideas they have about the real estate market and how strong it is or weak it is, is, is changing on a daily basis. So, you know, sometimes you got to look at the systems that you're running to make sure those systems are working. And sometimes you got to scrap them and start over, all over again. And that's, you know, that's what I'm always willing to do. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Um, I had a mentor many years ago prior to real estate, uh, who would talk to me about running businesses. And he said, you always have to be in a position to make improvements to your business, whatever it is because there is a graveyard full of businesses that went out of business that were married to their model. I use blockbuster video as probably the most famous example of they had the opportunity to buy Netflix and go digital and do what Netflix is doing. And they declined where'd that end up. Right? So you, you have to think the same way as a realtor or as a broker owner or as a team lead, you have to be able to evolve. And there's always, I always think there's always that 1% better. What can I do 1% better today? Yeah. Right. And I think that you doing that is a perfect example of that. Like, Hey, this isn't quite going the way I see it should. I feel like I'm leaving money on the table. What can I do to improve the process? And boom, now we have an, an updated process rolling into this week where now we're engaging with different people in a database and getting a different result. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, so we're moving our ISAs that work exclusively out of follow up boss now and using call action and, 
you know, just from what I tested the past four days, we're at like 40, over 40% response rate. That's which crazy. Is, which is, which is, yeah, which well, is crazy. What did we do? We just, we shifted gears in the yeah. way we talk to people and who we're talking to. You know, and it's a perfect example of the, the agents that are saying, hey, this is what's working. We've shifted gears. We're talking to different people and we're getting a different result. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. And also too, the way, the way you, the conversations that you're having with clients or, or not clients yet, opportunities, say leads or whatever you want to call them, you can't, you got to be slower to jump, you know, you got to be careful. Like you, these conversations are going to take more time sure. like with the market, the way it is now. So, you know, like you'd say, you don't go out and just reach out and kiss somebody on the first day. You know what I mean? You gotta, <laughs> you gotta warm them up. You have to things, be patient. Yeah. yeah, you have to be patient, and and you know you don't jump. Maybe you don't jump. Learn more about them before you jump into. Hey, you know, what what type of property? You know, what's your purchase price? I mean, that shouldn't be your first message back. I always view it, Preston. I think back to my prospecting days, and I always viewed it where I had a lot of success was talking to somebody and figuring out where I could add value to this person, whether they be buyer, seller agent looking to move companies, whatever that conversation is, where can I add value? Right. And if you find that, that's, that's how you're going to yeah, be and successful. That, and that's what I did a lot over the weekend, you know, digging right. in and, and finding out, Hey, I'm a, you know, they're a first time home buyer. Hey, yeah. have you spoke to a lender yet? Right. You know, there's no commitment for you just speaking to them. Obviously you're new to that, this process. So I'd recommend speaking to a lender if you haven't already. And I probably handed off six to a lender over the weekend that, you know, because they, they didn't know that part. And, you know, we think, and we assume just because there's so much information out there mm -hmm. that people have the information, but that a lot of times they don't. Yeah. And even there's a lot of agents that drop that ball too, right? Like they go right into trying to show them our property and they haven't had like the finance piece. Like they don't even know what they can afford. Yeah. You know, yeah, and the same thing <laughs> in a lot of, you know, somebody else, there's probably two or three that I've, I recommended to uh, somebody to help them with the credit. And I'm like, Hey, you know, a lot of lenders, a lot of times have access to people that could help you with those things. So, you know, there's many different reasons why you should speak to a lender early on. Yeah. Press anything else you want to share? Sit, man. I'm about to go answer another 40 or 50 text messages. Well, Preston's got to get back to his ISA role as well as Chef Black digital coach role. Uh, guys, have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you soon. See you.